0: Hey everyone, this is Christy C, Soul's assistant editor. Welcome to another episode of In the Spray Room, our podcast where we talk to some of the best and brightest artists working on the streets today. For our daily online content, check us out on soulmagny.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at soulmag. Mag. Today's crew consists of myself, John Dominey. Hey there. And Brooklyn's own, Big Ronnie. Who is that sexy bu- before we introduce today's special guests, because we have more than one guest, mm. Big Ronnie, tell us what's going on. Well,
1: there's a lot going on in life, in love, and art, Christy. Let's first start with you. With me. Today is your fortieth birthday.
0: Whoop whoop happy forty birthday. trips
1: around the sun for our beloved Holy Christy shit. C N Y C editor. I can't believe it. And uh, happy birthday. Thank you. Very happy to have you here today. We tried to get you drunk at lunch.
0: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
1: Happy birthday.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: And today we are here at HG Contemporary in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg, at 66 North 3rd Street. There is a very cool group show happening this week, opening this Friday. And we're here with the curator. Now, if you speak to him, he's an artist. He's, you know, he's curating, Mm -hmm. he's making some shit happen, but if you ask this man what he is, he says he's a designer first. I'm always, yeah, I've
2: been a designer since I was about 14 years old, so I consider myself a designer always.
1: We are here with Sean Sullivan, a.k.a. Leia Cake, a.k.a. The Balls. What's up, Ronnie? How are you today? Very good, brother. Thank you very much for inviting us in today. Yeah, thank you for coming to HG Gallery to do this for us. It's very cool. We can't wait for the show. Uh, John is here. Say hi, John. Hey, everybody. Now, John, it's, uh, it's becoming more and more rare to have you with us. I know. I've been missing this. Your travels have kept you out of the podcast rotation, yep. and it must really be tickling your FOMO.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been gone for most of the summer, but uh, I'm happy to be back and uh, talking with some artists, finding out some uh, some of the stuff going on.
1: Now, uh, I, I need to kick you just for a second. Which was your favorite uh, artist interview lately that you didn't have the opportunity to sit in on? Uh, you know what? I,
3: I always love talking with Mears and Marie, and so I would have liked to be there to kind of delve a little deeper with them because uh, I really love both of them and I love Mears' work and so uh, I kind of felt I missed out on that one but that's okay.
1: Forgiven. Forgiven. Thank you. Now Sean let's talk about this project. Um, You have some familiar faces in this show and some non-familiar faces. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how it came together and what made you pick the artist that you did. So Philippe who owns uh, the HG Gallery
2: came to me a couple months ago and said he wanted to do something he didn't know what yet and then we have a you know we have a friendship so it's easy to talk back and forth with each other and we philippe found this spot because of the building's owner it's a brand new building they just opened it and he already has a set of galleries that are you know flourishing they're you know, they sell some amazing, really amazing contemporary artwork, and he wanted to get into the print business. He wanted to. He felt like he was missing a market on selling prints to to the people who can't really afford hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar paintings. I mean, it's a a two hundred thousand dollar painting behind me, you know. And then we have next to it, we have you know five thousand, ten thousand dollar paintings, and then we have prints. So it's all about giving people the chance to get art from some artists who don't necessarily sell prints so to speak
1: now aren't there a lot of artists that don't want their work to be that attainable some people that don't want to come down market sure i mean in the the fine contemporary art world it's a really
2: funny business just because who you sell with on the walls is kind of how you keep your price point and in the gallery world you want to have that artist that's going to stay faithful to you, and going to sell the lower, you know, the lower numbered pieces. They don't pump out as much work. They sell them at a higher value because it creates a a, a wanted market for you. It creates a space where you can kind of stay at a high price point and always be ma- manage your career in that that point. You have artists who. Sell paintings for five thousand dollars, and then all out of, out of nowhere, they try to jump the market and go thirty five thousand dollars, and then they can't sustain their market at that price. So then they ended up mm-hmm. like hurting themselves.
1: Now, if but to me, showing on the business side of it, and I'm a stock guy, I'm a finance guy, uh, the other side of the brain. This is why stocks split is to make their their product more attainable to people that can't buy pay five hundred dollars for a share of Apple. So Apple splits, you know, five to one, three to one. Now it's $166. Now it's $100 a share. More people can buy it. Now, one of the smartest people in the world, Warren Buffett, his company, Berkshire Hathaway, never split once. I yeah. don't know what the latest stock, uh, the value is, but it was sixty or $70,000 a share the last time I looked at it. So why? W- okay, let's, let's say those are the people that come down market why wouldn't everybody want to? Is there a devaluing? You're talking about pushing the market higher, but what about pushing the market too low?
2: I don't I don't listen, I don't really I think now with how easy art is able to obtain and able to get from artists from everywhere, you you don't have that cushion anymore where you can stay exclusive, where you can stay just selling higher price points because of how open the market is. I never knew that this many artists in the world existed. When I came into the street art world, right? And I'm not from the street art world. I don't sell art in the street art sense. But when I came into the street art world, because that's where I thought I was, my market was, I couldn't believe how many artists there were and how many, how many of them were better than me. So I knew from seeing that, that there's just gonna be so much art out there and I went above that price point and I stayed there because of who I sell next to. So when I do prints, I do very, very low numbers, five and under. And I keep them at almost an attainable price, but higher than people sell their prints at $200, $100. So that's how I was able to keep my,
1: my market. Now, you're also someone that's never gone down the road at tchotchkes or stickers <coughs> or little collectibles for your art. You produce some stickers, but those are more for giveaway styles. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about, uh, let, let's switch you know, to, to the artist that uh, you, you chose for the exhibition and one of the first people we have with us today, and who is this gentleman that's sitting in this with us? This is Fridge. Yo. What is up Fridge? How are you besides drawing all over our table?
4: Pretty good. Pretty good. Chilling. It's, this is like pretty interesting to me because it's like my first time doing some sort of interview. And it's like it's just fucking weird as fuck. All right, well, well uh, let's just coach you through it. Welcome. First thing, please Welcome. speak
1: into the microphone. Hold it a little closer. Pull it towards to you. <laughs> now that you said you're a noob, we're gonna treat you like it for half please, a second. Please, That's please. right. There's the mic. Good. Hello. There. Uh, much better. So, how, how long have you two known? You guys, known each other?
2: Actually, um, Fridge works with Harris Lobel, who also co-curated this project with me. Fridge was brought in on the First City project that you guys are familiar with that we brought in over 160 artists into a 700-year-old mansion. Uh, Fridge did one of the most amazing pieces in the building. He used old wood. He used shattered pipes and just sheetrock, everything that he could find. And he put in this piece. And I thought that was really creative because no- nobody else did it, and it was a unique piece. So it re- so when we did this place, I said I wanted to bring in Fridge. You know, and We reached out to him. Fridge has projects going on with G Shock, he works with other cool companies doing very selective tailored goods. So when you were saying before why well, I don't doubt you know, do the all that other stuff, the stickers and all that stuff, is because I market myself to a tailored market. Mm-hmm. I want to be you know, I don't want to be in a thousand homes, I want to be in ten homes. Because those ten people know ten people that are also only want very low numbers and stuff like that. So Fridge had a new technique and to me it was amazing and so i wanted to honestly bring him in here because and he was the first to come to mind you know that i wanted to do
3: i like what i've seen from just seeing his work here and uh i, I love your you, know, you use a lot of cutout i mean you do a lot of wood cuts and uh but you combine it with a piece that uh is one more one-dimensional well not really because the, the letters come out and things like that yeah, but so what you've got here three. it's actually kind of a unique um I don't know, a unique piece, something that I haven't seen before. So I I like the combination of Mm -hmm. that, so it's cool to see.
4: Thank you. Yeah, um, you know, I come from a graffiti background, and all the stuff that we do is just flat on the wall, you know? So my style that I really like to play with is 3D, and I want to push that more and, you know, fucking expand (coughs) on the 3D style of Mm -hmm. things. So figured the best way to depict 3D is to fucking show 3D. Yeah. Like it, So I put, like, you know, like, I like to, like, glue stuff on walls, like cut out wood to make it look like it's popping out of the wall. Mm-hmm. Just different ways I can pursue the 3D style.
3: Do you ever do any 3D work on the streets, or is it strictly, you know, for gallery or for, pe- for individual commissions and things?
4: Right now it's individual commissions yeah. and gallery work, you know. Um, soon come, <coughs> I'm going to do some crazy fucking public art shit. There. Sweet to like really fuck with people but right now it's just for the galleries
2: nice you know the one thing that f- stuck out with me with Fridge is that too many people are doing the same thing over and over and over again so it, it became you know easy to recognize the fact that he was doing something new you know just by seeing the one piece and that's really the only piece that I saw when I, before I knew who he was now I'm completely blown away by most of the stuff that he does you know, he's innovative. He thinks like he he thinks outside the box, and that's what kind of made it easy, you know, to work with him just because I know in 10 years he's going to do, be doing better stuff than he is now. So I whenever I work with an artist, I'll only work with artists that I know are going to be ten, in, artists in 10 years, and artists that are going to be investment grade artists eventually. You know, either now or at some point. I won't promote artists and I won't work with artists that won't be artists in 10 years.
3: Sure. You want to make it worth the collector's effort in buying a piece, sure. right? So. Yeah,
2: because, I, it, look, if I put a cosign on, on, on someone, right, my collectors, and I have some of the biggest collectors in the world that follow me just because of the galleries that I work with and just because of the projects that I've done. So if they come to me and they say, Who's, you know, who should I buy? Collectors stay in, like, a range. So they buy three paintings and then they move on to a uh, next, uh, next artist. So if you're promoting your friends, they're going to take your advice over anybody. So, I don't want them to come to me and be like, you, you steered me wrong 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, again, I want to Because this guy's
1: working at Arby's. Who's working at Arby's? He's not the artist no. He's not no an one, artist anymore. The one anymore. that they're complaining about. Exactly.
2: Or they're fucking about. They're not doing the right thing. So, I, I take that... I as mean, as I like Arby's, <coughs> but I'm just saying. I've never actually been to Arby's, but <laughs> I take that into consideration because I, I, want, to, I want to grow with them, too. I, you know, when you build relationships with artists, you build bridges. Mm-hmm. You don't just build bridges to them. You build bridges to the work they're doing. Sure. So it's really important, it's really important to, to take that into consideration when picking somebody.
0: So you have this like natural instinct to know that these artists are going to have this longevity in, in uh, their career?
2: <clears throat> what I have a really good understanding of is seeing their work that they do and how they grew over a small period of time or a larger period of time. So I have the ability to much like, you know, people that are in the business of, you know, following stocks and following trends of homes and interior decorators, Mm -hmm. they kind of have to stay ahead of everything. So if I can recognize that type of attitude in an artist, Mm -hmm. then yeah, like I mean look at Jason's work. You know, look at, you know, Albertus's work. Look at Jenna's work. I mean Jenna's a clear Clear example, example Jenna Cripe is a clear example of thinking far ahead of everybody.
0: Forward thinking, yeah.
1: Well Fridge. Who knew who William Refrigerator Perry was before <laughs> <laughs> I quizzed him because we like to keep it we like to keep it real for our sold listeners. We're not just gonna bring somebody on with a name and he doesn't know the legacy of the name and all that fun shit. <laughs> Wait, but
3: we didn't even find out where, where he got that name from. Don't See, we want to know that? that.
1: Those are the annoying. <laughs> yeah, I would All like right. to know
0: that. I would like to know. I <laughs> know that. That's not in the
2: same I don't genre. I know that. Yeah, Sean, I'm with you. I don't. I don't, I don't ask those that. OG questions, but but Fridge has got some <laughs> crazy. Pro- Fridge is going to be a monster. He's a monster now, but in a couple years, when he he's a product designer. That's why I took to Fridge so well is because he's a product designer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I, I've been doing that since '94. I mean. I've got I've got pictures of Futura wearing my stuff when I was 14 years old. Wow. What that got you to do with mean? how the man chose his I'm name? I'm telling you right now, he doesn't want to know. How it how it to be, we're talking about products. We're talking about people. So, pr- fridge. I want to give him an endorsement because he hasn't been doing this before. Yo, fridge is a problem. Follow him at fridge what?
4: At what's in your fridge?
2: At what's in your fridge? Yo, go check him out, please.
1: Sean, go. what's in your fridge?
2: Oh, lots of quinoa and fucking grape tomatoes and. Oh yeah, you're zucchini. vegetarian, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I don't fuck around. Alberta says oh, organic nasty. eggs. Nasty. <laughs> John, I think you should ask your question as a co host of this podcast. Do you boo boo? No, dude, he's he's like squeezing my balls under the
3: table, saying you don't ask that fucking question. So, All right, you go. nobody tells my. Please, you want to tell how you got your name?
4: Okay, so I'll tell you the on air interview version of it you know i just thought the fridge is the coolest thing in your house and i like to make cool shit so that's why it is you know Thank what you. Th- that i love a way way it that's,
2: better. i'm gonna way better than you i was didn't even expecting. know it that's awesome <laughs> i'm not i prepared. love that answer i wasn't prepared
4: yeah.
3: for that <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. was way better i mean i'm gonna start going with the freezer
2: because that's a little <laughs> bit colder but <laughs> so part of the fridge <laughs> i love that i love that answer
1: well, that was great. Fridge, uh, tell everybody you're at again
4: before we wrap up with you, and thank you very much for being a part of the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Again, this is still weird as fuck, but <laughs> thank you for having me. This is fun. My Instagram is at what's in your fridge. Hashtag stop doing nothing.
1: And come see him at HG Contemporary this Friday for the opening. And Sean, throw out the, uh, the tags for the show if you wouldn't mind.
2: Yo, go check out fridge's signature watch at g-shock hit them up tell them to do a redrop on those watches asap there you
1: have it we are sold out with layer cake and fridge